Sound Opinions is supported by Goose Island, pairing beer and music since 1988. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago, Illinois. Listen critically, enjoy responsibly. One, two, three, cuatro. From WBEZ Chicago and PRX, this is Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. And I'm Greg Cott. This week we reflect on 2017 by sharing some of our favorite songs of the year in our own DJ sets. And we'll pay tribute to some of the artists we lost in 2017. That's all coming up on Sound Opinions. This is Sound Opinions, and we'll have our DJ mix sets for 2017 in a bit. But first, Greg, we have to pay tribute to some of the people we've lost this year. Many of the biggest names we covered. Tom Petty, Chuck Berry, Fats Domino, Grant Hart, Walter Becker, Greg Allman. Yeah. Chris Cornell, Maggie Roche. Uh, Still, despite the length of that sad list, uh, there are others we have not gotten to. Yeah, we couldn't get to them all, Jim. Um, uh, Some of these artists were so important to us and to our listeners and to music uh, that we couldn't leave the year without paying some kind of tribute to them. I want to start off with uh, what I consider one of the most underrated musicians of all time. I mean, it may be impossible to think that you could be in a band that sold 200 million records and be almost anonymous. Uh, But that's the role that Malcolm Young gladly played in ACDC. I mean, he was one of the architects of that band. He was one of the founding members. He was one of the key songwriters. He was obviously a great guitar player in tandem with his brother. But it was his brother, Angus who got most of the accolades, and uh, this is second in line would have been the lead vocalist, the original lead vocalist in the band, Bon Scott, followed by Brian Johnson. Malcolm uh, loved to sit in the shadows, on stage and in the recording studio, but if uh, Angus was the flash in the band, uh, Malcolm was the backbone. Mm-hmm. He was the guy that delivered the riffs. I would say, and many people have said this as well, uh, the greatest rhythm guitar player in rock and roll history, certainly one of the top five, I would say, uh, just by the sheer, uh, you know, length of the of the records that he uh, created uh, over the decades. I mean, the hits, the the songs that he was a key to, uh, those those songs couldn't be imagined without Malcolm's riffs at their core. Um, you know, the, the the whole notion of Angus Young being the lead guitarist in the band is a little bit misstated, because Malcolm uh, played a key role in playing those counterpoint melody lines against Angus's leads. Uh, they were trading riffs very often in songs. So it was very difficult at times to determine where Angus started and Malcolm left off. But Angus was obviously the guy who was wearing the, the schoolboy beanie and the knickers and he was getting all the attention. <laughs> Malcolm was very content to be the guy in the background. Uh, I want to play a song from uh, their golden era, uh, the, the 70s, the, the, the era when Bon Scott was the lead vocalist. Obviously, they had million selling albums after that, selling out stadiums. But I think the core of their uh, catalog was recorded in the 70s. Here's a song from the Power Age album uh, called Riff Raff that isn't necessarily one of their biggest hits, but I think really speaks 
uh, to the dialogue that Malcolm Young and Angus Young had as guitar players. Here is Riff Raff from ACDC on Sound of Angels. Riffraff from ACDC in tribute to the great Malcolm Young, who died on November 18th at the age of 64. Jim, what have you got next? Greg, I've said before on the show that power pop is a genre that uh, often gets overlooked, uh, you know, in, in by rock critics, certainly in terms of sales, ironically, for a music that's, that's supposed to be popular. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, taking this idea uh, that starts with the Beatles of exuberant, chiming guitars and, and glorious hooks and melodies and harmonies uh, and, and just reveling in the songcraft. We lost two greats in the power pop world this year. Pat Denizio was uh, a guy I knew from New Jersey. I, I saw the Smithereens, his band, perhaps a dozen times over the years. They put out 11 albums between 1986 and 2011. He died at the age of 62 on December 12th. I just love his story. He started out working as a garbage man mm-hmm. <laughs> in Jersey. He wound up, uh, after winning some measure of fame, especially locally, uh, running for Senate unsuccessfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, he called his campaign, Mr. Smithereen Goes to Washington. <laughs> he didn't. He lost. But he was in there fighting and writing incredible songs. I think the two biggest hits the Smithereens ever connected with were Blood and Roses and A Girl Like You, all based in the Beatles. They'd later go on to do a whole album of Beatles covers. They would also do a cover of Tommy by The Who. Wonderful uh, example of the best of power pop. Girl, you Also a power pop great, uh, Tommy Keene. He was born here in Illinois, in Evanston, but uh, is best known for living and growing up in the Maryland area just outside of D.C. When, you know, people like Fugazi were reinventing punk in the hardcore Washington, D.C. scene, Tommy was there with his guitar chiming (laughs) away. Again, you know, chiming. That's the sound. It's the sound... uh, 
that would inspire R.E.M., and they'd ride it to the arenas. But the Smithereens and Tommy Keene were doing it in the clubs, and they were, you know, in many ways journeymen, uh, professionals, gigging night after night, releasing albums. For Tommy, it was 12 records between 1982 and 2015, never making tons of money, but they were big champions, both Pat Dinizio and Tommy Keene, of other musicians. And they shared the stage with so many greats who went on to bigger and better, much beloved, both of them, by musicians they met, uh, you know, who met them on the way up, you know. And and, and their their discographies are great with wonderful songs. I think Tommy's was uh, most best-known song was Places That Are Gone. That's a little Tommy Keene, uh, dead at the age of 59 on November 22nd. Jim, I want to shift uh, 180 degrees from power pop to the almost exact opposite side of the music spectrum, uh, at least in the kind of music that we're interested in, uh, and go to free jazz. Um, mm. You know, ultra-melodic power pop, and now, now we have music that some people call completely amelodic. Atonal noise. And, uh, and noise, right. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's a, uh, that, that is a, um, a gross misunderstanding of what's going on here. Uh, truly adventurous style of music that uh, still uh, divides the audience in terms of whether they can even listen to it. And I think that makes it all the more powerful because it's such a, a strong statement about the African-American experience, particularly um, in the way that they were uh, uh, turning this music, uh, finding, trying to search for beauty uh, amid this uh, massive uh, landscape of ugliness. Um, you know, taking away, you know, the, the, the art form from the tyranny of the form itself, the traditional form, chords, time, melody, even in many cases, and finding this kind of free expression uh, that was explosive, very dissonant at times, and at times incredibly beautiful in the way that the uh, the voices would come together on those on these instruments. The found one of the founding members of the whole um, concept of free jazz was the pianist Cecil Taylor, and in 1960 he brought a drummer into the fold, Sonny Murray, and that's who I want to pay tribute to here. Sonny Murray died December 7th in Paris, where he lived most of the last part of his life. Um, Murray was a young guy who really, in, in Cecil's estimation, didn't really know what he was doing, but he had the spirit. That's what he said. You've got the mm. spirit. And he, he heard and saw something in Sonny Murray's playing that made him uh, want to work with him. They, they uh, did several recordings in the 60s, uh, and uh, Murray went on to work with the, the, the giants 
of, of the free jazz uh, sound. The Art Ensemble of Chicago, David Murray, Albert Eiler. He worked with all the greats, but Cecil Taylor was kind of his, uh, his kind of uh, ground zero. Uh, they recorded a, re- a live record in um, Copenhagen, Denmark uh, in 1962 that is considered a jazz classic. Nefertiti, The Beautiful One Has Come. And I want to give you an example of what Murray and Taylor in particular did together in this excerpt uh, from the song What's New. It basically, although Jimmy Lyons is in the band as well, the saxophonist is a great trio that Cecil Taylor had, uh, the dialogue here is between Murray on drums and Taylor on piano, and you can hear this this search for for beauty amid the ugliness in, in this song. It's What's New from Sonny Murray and Cecil Taylor on Sound Opinions. Taylor's What's New on Sound Opinions with the great Sonny Murray on drums. Sonny Murray dead at the age of 81 on December 7th. Uh, One more person to pay tribute to, Greg, uh, that we didn't get to, Sylvia Moy. Uh, Unique in the annals of uh, the great studio backing crews uh, by being a songwriter at Motown during its height. Here's a woman who grew up in Detroit. Her dad was an appliance repairman, and she used to uh, make uh, toy instruments at home by by trying to play piano on the radiator and Hmm. uh, making uh, drums out of boxes. Um, She left Detroit and went to New York to try to become a Brill-building-style songwriter. She had no success, so she came back to Detroit and uh, got invited to work at Motown, where there were not a lot of women behind the scenes. Uh, she wrote songs, sometimes in collaboration with Henry Cosby, who was a producer. Uh, some of them were recorded by the Isley Brothers, uh, Martha and the Vandellas, Marvin Gaye, but most famously, she clicked with Stevie Wonder. We forget that little Stevie, you know, after becoming quite a phenomenon at age 13, had a bit of a slump, and it wasn't clear that he was going to go on to become one of the most significant Motown artists, one of the most significant artists, period, ever. Uh, And it was with Sylvia's help that he got there. She wrote uh, a song that was inspired by her parents' love affair, I Was Made to Love Her. She uh, wrote or co-wrote Never Had a Dream Come True, Uptight, Everything's All Right, and My Sharia Moore. Mm. What a beautiful tune. My Sharia Moore. Sylvia Moy wrote it. Uh, Stevie Wonder immortalized it. Sylvia died at the age of 78 on April 15th. 
That's a great pick. Now we want to hear from you, the listeners. Which musicians that died this year are you mourning? Call and leave a message on our hotline, 888-859-1800. Coming up, Jim and I are going to play excerpts from our 2017 mixtapes. That's In a Minute on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX. Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. My partner is Greg Cott. And largely because he is a master of the form, every (laughs) year, after we do our best ofs, we take one more look at the year just passed by doing what we used to call mixtapes, reflecting on the last 12 months, sort of telling a story musically uh, with those songs that we haven't previously highlighted. Um, You know, mixtape, man, it's such an archaic term. We don't want to seem old. I think this year I I suggested let's just do a DJ set. Mm -hmm. So you want to dial it into the streaming service of your choice. You can. Sometimes these have a theme. Sometimes they have a message. Sometimes they don't. Greg, I know you spend hours and hours and hours <laughs> on this, so you get to start. Well, 2017 had so many, so much great music and so many great songs, um, and, and it's fun to, for me uh, as an exercise at the end of every year to sort of organize some of these songs into into what I see are kind of big themes for the year. Uh, this year was a troubling year for many of us. Um, you know, uh, me, no exception. Uh, the whole idea that uh, these concepts that we hold dear, whether it's love or truth or, or uh, you know, the, the, the fate of the country, I mean, these are all up for grabs. There was a lot of music addressing that stuff, fortunately. So music that kind of helped uh, me at least get through. Um, what I wanted to do in my mixtape was organize it around the, the, the themes that I saw in Kendrick Lamar's record, Damn. You know, those big capital letters, one word. Yeah. You know, so I've got like six or seven sections in my mixtape, which I won't belabor here. And this will all be on soundopinions.org. You but can... Yeah, you'll be able to figure it out when you, when you see, see the mixtape. It, you know, so I've got sections like fear and empathy and mourning and healing. But the biggest section of my mixtape is, is devoted to the concept of truth. And in the year of fake news, you know, what's truth? It has become elusive. It, truth has become, you know, uh, it, it's relative. Like, it depends on who's telling you something and, yeah. you know, what, what is the truth? And I think these songs all, at least to me, address that theme uh, directly or somewhat indirectly at times. But, uh, you know, I, I was able to build a, a little set list out of just songs that I, I saw kind of organized around that theme. Um, it's interesting that uh, the, the, the song that I'm going to start with 
is a song by Van Hunt, an artist who released a record in 2008 that didn't come out at the time, finally was able to get the record out this year, um, but still incredibly relevant, uh, particularly the song Turn My TV On, in which he's singing about a guy who's essentially a recluse, who's turned, who's afraid to go outside because the world has become such a scary place and lives his life digitally, completely in a virtual realm, and, and is believing uh, the relationships that he's establishing through these online connections. And, and I think the song is really casting doubt on that whole concept of, you know, you, how can you believe anyone these days about what they tell you uh, through these uh, digital mediums? And it's followed up by a song called um, I Don't Want to Talk About It, in which a, a new artist out of Chicago, uh, Knox Fortune, uh, addresses this concept about confronting the truth about yourself. You know, the whole idea that I don't want to talk about it, thinking about how life progresses, all these little lessons. Will I ever learn my lesson when it's time to talk about it? And he's basically saying I'm running away from this confrontation with myself about what is the truth about me, about my relationships, about the world around me. So here's Van Hunt followed by Knox Fortune on my 2017 mixtape on Sound Opinions.
That was Knox Fortune with I Don't Want to Talk About It, preceded by Van Hunt with Turn My TV On on my 2017 mixtape. I want to continue with two more songs that sort of address this notion of truth. The band Always with a song called In Undertow about a disintegrating relationship. You know, the key line for me in that song is you find a wave and try to hold on as long as you can. And this whole idea of clinging to a truth or what you believe to be the truth, even though it's proven to be uh, falsehood. Uh, I think there's a lot of people in our government and elsewhere that are living their lives according to those rules. Uh, and and this, is, this song is basically saying, that's a bad idea. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Followed by uh, Black Angels, great band out of Texas, with a song called I'd Kill For Her, in which they're basically saying, you know, I'd... I would have killed for you, but now I found out you're a bad person. You're, you've been lying to me all this time. And this is kind of like the moment of truth, of true truth, at the end of this segment of songs addressing this whole idea of, of, of fake news. Somebody's seeing right through that and, and, and uh, vowing to, to uh, turn their life around. Um, always followed by Black Angels on Sound Opinions for my 2017 mixtape.
That was Black Angels, the great psychedelic rock band from Austin with I'd Kill For Her, preceded by Always with In Undertow, two songs from the Truth segment of Greg Cott's mixtape for 2017. Uh, Cott spends hours and hours and hours. He stays up nights. It's about a seven or eight pot of coffee endeavor for him to put together a 19-song mixtape summing up this year. You at home can listen to all of that at soundopinions.org. And always, we want to hear from you. What song defined 2017 for you? Call and leave a message on our hotline at 888-859-1800. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. Coming up next, I share my more concise DJ set for 2017 after a short break on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX. So you share what's inside Thinking that all is said in confidence But then you realize Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Cott. He's Jim DeRogatis. And we're sharing some DJ sets with you today from our mixtapes of 2017. Some of, the, some of the songs we really loved from the year that uh, is, is just passing us by. Uh, I just shared my set. And now it's time to hear from uh, Jim. Jim, what do you got for us? Greg, I think the story of 2017, when we look at it from every aspect, is men finally being taken to task for abusing women, uh, especially men who have abused their positions of power and influence to take advantage sexually of harassing or assaulting women, uh, many of them artists. I think in some ways, uh, music has been very late in responding, at least compared to the worlds of politics, uh, media, Hollywood. You know, in, in recent weeks, we've seen Russell Simmons, the founder of uh, Def Jam, uh, taken to task for uh, sexual uh, allegations uh, by women. Uh, R. Kelly has still not uh, had justice, uh, despite a lot of reporting that I did, other people as well, about uh, young women who've been uh, hurt in his wake, allegedly. Um, I think we're beginning to see a very diverse, across many genres, group of women uh, using their musical talents to speak out on this issue the way we've been seeing artists speak out on Black Lives Matter for some time now. And the first uh, song I'm going to play is by Rhiannon Giddens at the Purchaser's Option. It's where Black Lives Matter and hashtag MeToo come together. It is a horrifying song by this very talented MacArthur Foundation genius, uh, co-founder of Carolina Chocolate Drops, multi-instrumentalist, violinist, singer, banjo player. It's a very uh, uh, poignant song about slaves, uh, African-American women uh, who were slaves in 
the era before the Civil War and how they were often raped by their owners. It's horrifying. It's part of a, a great album uh, that came out this year, Freedom Highway, which, Greg Cott alert, uh, mm-hmm. w- it includes a cover and is named for the 65 uh, civil rights protest song uh, that the Staple Singers immortalized. Uh, continuing in the hashtag MeToo vein, Milk. Uh, had a song named Quiet. This is a Los Angeles native, a poet, uh, a multi-instrumentalist, singer-songwriter. I think she's a combination of a young Tori Amos, uh, who's been on Sound Opinions, as well as Jamila Woods, who was just on the show earlier this year. That sums up Milk. Um, She had a song called Quiet, which became the unofficial anthem of the Women's March on January 21 as women descended on Washington, D.C. to protest uh, the election of President Trump. Uh, There is a new version as a single that just came out uh, that Milk, whose real name is Connie Lim, recorded with an incredibly moving chorus of sexual assault survivors. Uh, And this is just getting out there again and giving new life to this song after it was a big deal uh, very early in the year. So uh, my uh, DJ set starts out with Rhiannon Giddens, moves on to Milk on Sound Opinions.
That is Milk with the new single version of Quiet, and uh, she was preceded by Rhiannon Giddens at the purchaser's option. I've got two more uh, songs on my little DJ set, Greg, uh, with the theme of hashtag Me Too. I'm cheating a bit with Sad 13's Get a Yes. Uh, this is a, a song that came out late in 2016, not in 2017, but I'll tell you, as I look back on it, Sadie Dupois, who is the leader of Sad 13, probably better known as the vocalist of her other band, Speedy Ortiz. Sad 13 is her synth pop solo project. You know, uh, we were at South by Southwest in March, and Sadie was the dominant voice on a panel called Safe Space to Rock, mm-hmm. Combating Harassment in Music. Uh, she was there with members of an organization out of D.C. called Safe Bars, which is working hard to open chapters nationally, advocating that women should not be harassed or assaulted or mistreated in any way, especially in places where we come together to celebrate music, artistic sanctuaries. And I think this song, Get a Yes. Uh, let me give her lyrics first. I say yes to the dress when I put it on. I say yes if I want you to take it off. I say yes for your touch when I need your touch. I say yes if I want to. If you want to, you've got to get a yes. Consent. Mm -hmm. Any man who is wondering if he has crossed a line, and they all should be in the wake of what's happened in recent months, you know, it's really simple. You haven't heard yes, yeah, you've crossed the line. My uh, mixtape mini DJ set ends with a song by Lizzo. Uh, Lizzo is a Minneapolis musician, Melissa Jefferson, a hip-hop giant from the Twin Cities, who has collaborated on some tunes with Sad 13, Sadie Dupois. Uh, She is just a force of life. I love her. And and basically any song in Lizzo's uh, catalog could be considered a hashtag Me Too anthem. But she has a single that only recently dropped called Truth hurts. If you doubt it, you just got to listen to Lizzo. So here is Sad 13 and Lizzo on my DJ set for Sound Opinions.
a mixtape for 2017 with uh, Truth Hurts by Lizzo preceded by Get A Yes from Sad 13. That's going to wrap up our mixtapes for 2017 and now we want to hear from you, our listeners. What songs would be on your 2017 mixtape? Give us a call at 888-859-1800 and leave us a message with your explanation. Just a reminder, you can find our full mixtapes at soundopinions.org along with all of our wonderful shows, and I mean wonderful, from 2017. Greg, what wonderfulness do we have on the show (laughs) next week? Next week, Jim, we have the great director, Alex Cox, the man behind Repo Man, Sid and Nancy, and Joe Strummer's Walker, among others. 
Thanks, as always, to Sound Opinions producers Brendan Banasak, Evan Chung, Alex Claiborne, and Ayana Contreras. On Sound Opinions, everyone's a critic. So now it's time to hear what you have to say. Uh, he's a telephone lover, a long distance Romeo. Yeah! Uh-huh. He's a telephone lover, a long distance Romeo. Oh. Yeah! But when I say come over, baby, he said, I gotta go. New messages. Hi, this is Miguel Gonzalez. I, uh, I live in Oak Park, Illinois. I want to talk a little bit about my first realization of who Bob Edrin was as a producer and as a music maker. Um, I grew up in Philadelphia and at the Woolworth store on the corner of 11th and Market Streets. I used to go in there after school with my allowance to, to pick up good deals from the cutout bin. And uh, one year I found the Lou Reed album, Berlin. It is the most spectacular album I ever bought for, I think, $1.99. came with an amazing book inside with all the lyrics, and it is a really deeply disturbing album with the most amazing performances by Anthony Dunbar on drums, some members of Alice Cooper's band, uh, fleshing out Lou Reed's band. Holy moly, what I realized upon listening to that album is that the producer really matters. And uh, from that point on, I looked for Bob Ezrin on uh, on a variety of albums. So uh, to this day, I'm haunted by the album Berlin by Lou Reed that was produced by Bob Ezrin. That's my thoughts. Yes, uh, my name is Russell Yow, uh, and I just wanted to say uh, I'm calling about the uh, segment y'all did in the interview with Bob Ezrin, and definitely Kiss Destroyer. That was a work of art and a work of magic. Bob Ezrin brought something to the table on Destroyer that just uh, took Kiss to another level. And of course, who can, you know, argue that Pink Floyd's The Wall, another genius masterpiece. I tell you, Bob is, uh, words fail to describe his creativity. And uh, thanks for doing that. I really enjoyed that segment. Thank you.
Hello there, Sound Opinions people. This here is Joey P calling from the outskirts of Philadelphia. I just want to uh, comment on uh, Andy Serzan. I'd say he's in the same camp as Linus from the Charlie Brown Christmas special. Clarence from It's a Wonderful Life. He's a man. Uh, I busted out the old Swingin' Snowflakes compilation a couple weeks ago. I busted out every year. It's one of my favorite Christmas collections. And uh, just finished listening to this year's episode, and I just wanted to express some gratitude. No more messages. To give us your opinions on Sound Opinions, call our hotline, 888-859-1800. We'll be back next week with more Sound Opinions, produced by WBEZ Chicago and distributed by PRX.